Well, they stole the election in 2020, but I didn't expect them to steal a primary in Arkansas in 2022. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is afraid to talk about. The Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 162 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Monday, May 30th, 2022, Memorial Day, the day we pause to remember those who paid the ultimate price to defend our freedom. But how much freedom do we have left in Arkansas? How much freedom do we have left in America? Just, you, just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen, no matter what Fox News says. And I believe the Republican primary in Arkansas this year was probably stolen, but not from me. More on that in a moment. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Okay, first of all, I want to thank everyone who helped with my gubernatorial campaign from the bottom of my heart. Thank you to my friend Jan Morgan, who was the first person to ever push back when I said, no, I'm never going to run for anything. Jan said, look, you don't understand what's going on. We're about to lose our country. Good people like you need to stand up and run for office. You need to talk to your wife and pray about this. So I did. I talked to my wife and we prayed about it. She told me, honey, this is way over my head but I trust your judgment. Now, I knew the Proverbs talk about how crucial wise counsel is, and indeed there is wisdom in the abundance of counsel. So 24 hours later, I met in a conference room with 10 or 11 people in a church in North Little Rock and asked them, hey, do you all think I should do this? I remember they had two main questions. The first was something like, So you've been off the radio almost four months. A lot of people have no idea what happened to you, where you are, what you're you're doing. So if you run for governor, would this just be a publicity stunt to let people know about your podcast, or would you actually be trying to win? I said it would be outrageous to pretend you're running for governor some sort of stunt just to get people to listen to a podcast. No, I told them, if I decide to run, I'll be in it to win it. The second question they asked me that night, Monday, February 7th, 2022, was what would your top priority be if you do decide to run for governor? And I said, glorify God, because we're supposed to glorify God in everything we do. When I said that, Jan Morgan responded, that's what I've been waiting to hear. 
By the end of the two-and-a-half-hour meeting, it was unanimous. Every one of them told me they hoped I would run, that I would challenge Sarah Huckabee Sanders in the Republican primary for governor. The next evening, I was scheduled to speak to the Saline County Republican Women's Club. I told them what I thought it meant that a lot of people were complaining on Sarah's Facebook page about the fact that she wouldn't answer their questions or talk about any issues. That she endorsed politicians like Senator Bozeman and Congressman French Hill, both of whom ridiculed the idea the election was stolen, and both of whom tried to tie Donald Trump to the violence at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. I talked to these ladies about what I thought it meant that when Governor Hutchinson endorsed Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she talked about what a great job he had been doing. Now remember, this is the governor that vetoed the bill to protect children in the state of Arkansas from being castrated. Regardless of the fact that his veto was overridden by almost every Republican in the state legislature. How can you be from Arkansas? I mean, Sarah is from Arkansas, right? And be out of touch enough to think Asa Hutchinson has been doing a good job. Forget about all the small businesses he shut down in 2020. Forget about mask mandates for three-year-olds. How can you literally think that a governor who doesn't want children protected from the ultimate child abuse, chemical or surgical castration, puberty blockers, is doing a good job? And yet, that's what Sarah said. Anyway, I told the ladies at the Saline County Republican Women's Club On Tuesday, February 8th of this year, it takes $15,000, which seemed like an insurmountable sum of money to me, to file to run for governor as a Republican, but if the Lord provided the money, I would file. So that evening, I announced I was running for governor. And that evening, they started contributing to my campaign, and I did file 17 days later, February 25th. So thank you, Jan Morgan, for telling me to talk to my wife and pray about it. And thank you, Saline County Republican Women's Club, for allowing me to announce my candidacy. And thank you to my friend Donnie Copeland, not just for filling in for me for over a month, but also for volunteering to be my campaign manager from day one. Now, almost as soon as I announced I was running, I got a Facebook message from a gentleman I had never met named Scott Gray. He was co-founder of a nonprofit called Reopen Arkansas, which had formed in 2020 to push back against Governor Hutchinson's dictatorial lockdowns. Scott asked me if I would please fill out their candidate's questionnaire. I happily complied, and the next thing I knew, Reopen Arkansas endorsed me. Scott was assisting Donnie Copeland with mobilizing volunteers statewide and creating a social media marketing effort out of thin air. 
You know, our YouTube channel had almost 1.4 million views of our videos. And I, I was shocked to find out that Sarah didn't have a YouTube channel. Well, apparently she didn't need one. Nonetheless, I was shocked. So, I uh, I really would not have had a campaign without people like Scott Gray and Donnie Copeland. Now, in late March, it was decided that I needed a driver. I was putting in so many miles all over the state, I couldn't continue doing all the driving myself. I'll always be grateful to Marvin Fisher for volunteering to drive me from one end of our great state to another. There was one weekend a few weeks ago in which I uh, I did three appearances on a Friday in northwest Arkansas. Spoke for about four and a half hours, all told. Left Rogers, Arkansas about 9.30 in the evening. Didn't get to the hotel in El Dorado until about 2.30 in the morning. Got up the next morning, did it all over again. Spoke for about five minutes at the Union County Republican committee meeting. Oh, man, do I have a story about that. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. Then drove up to Sheridan and spoke to some wonderful folks in Sheridan who put together a meet and greet at a coffee house there for me that's usually not open on Saturdays for about two hours. And I just, I wouldn't have been able to do it without Marvin Fisher driving me. He said that I fell asleep, I guess, before we got to I-530 between Little Rock and Pine Bluff in the middle of the night on that Friday night. I just would not have been able to do it. I said, Marvin, it's five hours from Rogers, Arkansas to El Dorado where there are a couple of hotel rooms waiting for us. I said, do you think you'd be able to do that? Yeah, 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 I I got it, I got it. Just invaluable. So um, I'm deeply indebted to Marvin Fisher, who I had met in passing, but I really didn't know him at all. He and I became close friends. I could not have done the campaign without him. Likewise, my videographer, Jeremiah Stark, who faithfully videotaped a whole lot of the campaign, he and I also became close friends. By the way, no one on the Doc Washburn for Governor campaign was paid. We just we didn't have any money to pay anybody. Our friend Courtney Roldan was my official scheduler. She kept my events calendar organized so we knew where we were going from one day to the next. People like Courtney were just invaluable to what we were trying to accomplish, as were my press secretary, Maureen Richmond, who did her level best to shake the mainstream media from their slumber with many press releases, and for that matter, all the people all over the state who either created events for me to meet people or invited me to participate in already established events. Last but not least, big shout-outs to Gun Owners of America, pardon me, Gun Owners of Arkansas, 
and the Ozark Patriots groups for also endorsing me. So a few weeks before the primary, a couple of polls came out which predicted that Sarah was probably going to crush my campaign in the vote totals on primary day, May 24th. Now, I wondered how accurate those polls might be. So I checked their track record. And I saw that they also predicted that Trump would beat Hillary decisively in Arkansas in 2016. And their predictions were pretty close to the eventual vote total between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton November 2016 in Arkansas. So I knew that for me to win the primary this year, it would take a miracle. Something would have to happen that the polls did not see coming. But we were receiving such an overwhelmingly positive response everywhere we went And I serve a God who still works miracles, and he reserves the right to work miracles. So I didn't let the polls slow me down at all. Sarah raised over $14 million, most of it from political action committees or out-of-state donors. I asked asked Scott Gray if I could defeat her in the primary, if we could raise 1% of what she raised. Would $140,000 be enough money to get my message out to enough people to defeat her? Now, the reason I asked him that was whenever I spoke with a Sarah supporter about issues for just four or five minutes, I could almost always flip him or her to support me instead. Whenever I was allowed to speak in front of a group for just a few minutes, people would almost always come up to me afterward and tell me what I had just said had just won their support for my candidacy over hers. I mean, it was remarkable. Um, We we were invited to speak early on to the Benton County Republican Committee, their, their monthly meeting. And I got the best response I ever got anywhere on the campaign trail that Tuesday evening from the Benton County Republican Committee meeting. They let me spend speak for uh, for 10 minutes in front of a packed auditorium at an Assembly of God Church in Rogers, Arkansas. At the end of 10 minutes, the uh, the crowd there, Over 150 people gave me a standing ovation. People were coming up to me afterwards saying things like, I never could have possibly imagined anybody could have peeled away my support for Sarah for governor, but you just did. I also also met a, a young lady there who uh, was a, a, a video producer a video maker, a remarkable person. I want to give her some credit here too, Alicia Hayes, who put together a remarkable video that's still on our YouTube channel called Arkansas is Not for Sale. 
who offered to make a, a video for me. I mean, it was just a surreal experience. All these people come up to me in a county that I had prejudged because that's Walmart territory. Benton County is Bentonville. That's Walmart headquarters. I, I, di- I didn't think I'd even get an invitation to speak at the Benton County Republican Party, and they were shocked that I didn't think so because it's not like Walmart controls the Benton County Republican Committee. Well, I didn't, I didn't know anything about them. You know, they didn't know anything about me, but they wanted to hear from me. And when I look at the primary results outside of central Arkansas, where some people knew about me from the radio, the best showing I had anywhere outside central Arkansas, the the, the, the radio listening area for station I used to work on was Benton County, Arkansas. So anyway, having said that, having said that, I knew the whole time that most people who vote in the Republican primary don't actually show up at political meetings, and I knew the whole time that Most Arkansans who live outside the Little Rock radio market had never heard of me. So, how much would it take to get my message out to enough people using YouTube videos, Google ads, Facebook, radio commercials to actually have a shot at winning the primary over Sarah? Scott Gray told me that $140,000 should be enough. 1% 1% of the $14 million that Sarah raised. Unfortunately, we only raised around 80000 Now, I've read the story of Gideon's army in the book of Judges in the Old Testament. So I still believed it would be possible for us to defy the odds right up until election night because I know that with God all things are possible. How Also, Crazy thing happened. Sarah's campaign kept reacting to everything I did in what seemed like a panicky manner. They definitely did not act like a campaign who knew good and well. They had a 60-point lead over their only opponent, namely me. Hey, y'all, is is being able to get a multi-million dollar campaign, which has no chance of losing, to act all paranoid, is that... Is that a marketable skill? No? Okay, I was just checking. Because, boy, did they. And maybe we can talk about that here in a little bit. So anyway, we hoped I would win. We also hoped Jan Morgan would at least get into a runoff with Senator John Bozeman in his Republican primary for his U.S. Senate seat. But the one race no one I knew had any doubt about whatsoever was a Colonel Conrad Reynolds campaign to unseat U.S. Representative French Hill would be successful. French Hill's campaign was dead in the water. 
There were Conrad Reynolds signs up everywhere, all over the 2nd District, all over Central Arkansas. There was no visible support for French Hill anywhere. No sign of life from his campaign, so we were all confident Conrad Reynolds was going to be our next United States congressman out of the 2nd District in Central Arkansas. No question about it. Not a problem. So what happened? Well, I want to I want to talk to you about that here momentarily. But first, again, thank you so much for our advertisers for making it possible for us to do what we do here. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, And all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live. RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high copays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions... You need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. And then that big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now. You click on the red button. You book a free consultation with my friend, Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage. Low to no deductible. No copays. Click the big red button, schedule a call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at myfamilyhealthplan.com.
All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. All right, thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Art, and thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate my friends. Appreciate our advertisers. So how is it that we are told that U.S. Representative French Hill received 58% of the votes and Conrad Reynolds got just 42%? When all available indicators leading up to primary election day, May 24th, were that the results should have been the exact opposite. Now, when I say all available leading indicators, I don't mean public polls because, oddly enough, nobody wanted to poll the congressional races this year. None of the public polling outfits. Conrad Reynolds was doing his own internal polling, which showed him going away with it. So it just doesn't make sense. Well, Here's what Colonel Reynolds said on Twitter the day after the primary. There were 100,000 extra votes in this primary. Looks like around 25,000 to each of the four U.S. congressional districts here in Arkansas. All extra votes seem to have gone to the insiders. Nothing lined up with our polling except our total count. So by his total count, what he's talking about was there should have been 55,000 votes approximately for U.S. House and Republican primary in the 2nd District, Central Arkansas. And so if Conrad took 30,000 or more, 
he would have gotten the victory hands down. And he did get more than 30,000. But there were a lot of extra votes. Anyway, he said Saline County is not being certified because the total was not counted publicly. Nor was it counted even in front of the Saline County Elections Commission. It's a weird anomaly in Arkansas that kept French Hill and others in office. He said they're trying to say that 100,000 Democrats crossed over to vote in the Republican primary, but them all voting Sarah doesn't make sense because most Democrats hate her. Who trusts ES&S voting machines? Now, let's think about this. The Saturday before the primary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders' campaign texted thousands of Arkansans terrified that Democrats would cross over and vote in the Republican primary to try to keep her from receiving the nomination. Does... Does that sound like an organization that thinks Democrats are crossing over to vote for Sarah? Uh, no. Not in the least. Of course not. But let me give you even more evidence that something was amiss with the vote totals. And again, I'm not alleging anything was stolen from me. But I'm certainly skeptical that 100,000 Democrats in Arkansas neatly divided into roughly 25,000 Democrats for each of our four congressional districts crossed over to vote for establishment Republicans in statewide races and, for that matter, in U.S. congressional races like the one between French Hill and Conrad Reynolds. So the bellwether in this whole situation the canary in the coal mine, if you will, is a young man named Leon Jones Jr. Now, Mr. Jones is a pleasant young man. I ran into him often on the campaign trail. He was running for the Republican nomination for Attorney General of Arkansas against Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin. Now, the knock against Leon Jones Jr. from the Tim Griffin campaign was that Mr. Jones was really more of a Democrat than a Republican. He voted for Barack Obama twice. His brother is Chris Jones, who's now the Democrat nominee for governor. You see where I'm going with this? So... Tim Griffin's campaign is like, look, vote for the real Republican. Your current lieutenant governor, Tim Griffin, who's running for attorney general. Not this guy who may as well be a Democrat, Leon Jones Jr. Got it? Okay, so we're supposed to believe the overwhelming majority of 100,000 Democrats statewide who crossed over into the Republican primary 
voted for the only attorney general candidate in the country endorsed by Donald Trump, Tim Griffin, instead of voting for their own guy, Leon Jones Jr., who actually voted for Obama, whose brother is actually the Democrat candidate for governor. Does that make sense to you? It sure doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you can say what you want about an overwhelming number of Democrats in Arkansas, open primary state, saying, hey, we're going to vote in the Republican primary, voting for Sarah. Even though we heard for from plenty of Democrats who decided to cross over and vote for me because they can't stand Sarah and they didn't really know anything about me. You can say what you want about Democrats crossing over the Republican primary to vote for Leslie Rutledge for some reason running for lieutenant governor. (laughs) Say what you want about all these Democrats crossing over to vote for whichever Republican running for whichever statewide race or Republican U.S. congressional seat race or Republican race for state senate or state rep. But do you really think they would cross over to vote for Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin endorsed by Donald Trump for Attorney General instead of voting for their own Leon Jones Jr., who actually voted for Obama twice, whose brother is actually the Democrat candidate for governor. Does that really make sense to you? Uh, Come on, man. Give me a break. That makes no sense to me. So, what if Colonel Conrad Reynolds is correct? What if there was... Massive voter fraud in Arkansas in last week's primary. What did that change other than Conrad Reynolds being denied a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives? Well, for one thing, without what looks like an extra 100,000 votes, most of which apparently went to establishment Republican candidates, it looks like Senator John Bozen would have wound up in a runoff next month for his Senate seat. Leslie Rutledge would have also probably been in a runoff for lieutenant governor with Senator Jason Rapert next month. And several conservatives running for seats in the state legislature would have probably beaten their rhino opponents instead of losing narrow races to them. Speaking of which, speaking of which, Let me tell you what's been going on in Crawford County, Arkansas. Now, for those of my listeners in central Arkansas are trying to place Crawford County, Crawford County, Crawford County, where is Crawford County? Well, in extreme northwest Arkansas, the top county is Benton County. That That's one jammed right up in there against Missouri and Oklahoma. Okay? 
That's the one with Bentonville and Rogers. Then the next county down is Washington County. Okay? The one with Fayetteville, Springdale, right? And the next county down, number three, just as you're going down the map geographically, is Crawford County. County seat is Van Buren. No, 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 no. Van Buren's not in Van Buren County, just like Searcy's not in Searcy County, just like Hot Springs is not in Hot Spring County, just like Conway is not in Conway County. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so let me tell you what's been going on in Crawford County, Arkansas. Jody Harris is running for state representative, District 25, Crawford County. And here's a statement from her Facebook page Sunday morning, and I quote, This morning, my husband and I drove to Crawford County to participate in an election recount that I legally requested. After several minutes of discussing the process and asking for information that was not readily available, we have decided to withdraw ourselves from the recount. I asked members of the Election Commission to stop the process immediately. The state has intervened, and we will revisit this process in the coming days. Our goal is to ensure due process for myself, all voters, and to make sure every legal ballot is counted in a transparent manner. Wait for it. The Crawford County Election Commission could not provide original copies of absentee ballots for this district. In fact, the chairman, Mr. Bill Coleman, had to leave the recount facility to return to his home and retrieve the original absentee ballots. Mr. Bill Coleman is the brother of Representative Bruce Coleman, who recruited and publicly endorsed my opponent. Thank you for your patience as we attempt to get full transparency of these election results. Unquote. Now, what am I supposed to think? I mean, seriously. What am I supposed to think? Wouldn't that be against the law? For somebody to have uh, original absentee ballots at his home? What What happens to the chain of custody? Should, I mean, but... Uh, But we're supposed to believe everything went just fine. Just fine. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Same old, same old. You know, with today's program, I have started calling our show, The Voice of the Resistance, for a reason, because we are resisting the uniparty. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, uh, you have no idea how many, how many uh, contributions... Sarah Huckabee Sanders' campaign got from out-of-state Democrat political operatives. 
Now, why do you think that is? And I think there's a difference between political operatives ponying up money for a campaign from out of state on one hand. On the other hand, um, it's regular registered Democrat voters here in Arkansas who just couldn't stand her and who were willing to cross over and vote for me in the primary. We heard from a lot of people like that. So, anyway, having said that, we uh, we hope and we pray that Jody Harris's efforts will be successful. We hope and we pray that uh, Colonel Conrad Reynolds' efforts will be successful. Now, I got a buddy named Robert Steinbuck who lost narrowly in the Republican primary for House District 73, part of Pulaski County. Apparently, uh, I believe his uh, his competitor is what is he a is he a, a a lobbyist or a PR flack or something for Pfizer? If only legal votes were counted. Would Steinbuck have won? I got a friend down in um, South Arkansas, Senator Charles Beckham. And um, he's only been senator for a couple of years. See, in 2020, he ran against an entrenched Democrat in a part of the state that had never had a Republican senator before, and he beat him. And two years later, the Democrat that he beat funded a guy to run against him in the Republican primary, one of those rhinos. And we're supposed to believe that this guy beat Beckham 51 to 49%. Well, I mean, how many fraudulent votes? You know what I'm saying? It's jacked up. It's jacked up. So I hope to have Colonel Conrad Reynolds on the program soon. I hope to have uh, Jody Harris on the program soon. There, there are a lot of people that we need to talk about, talk to, and a lot of things we need to to talk about here. You know? Because we can't just roll over and pretend everything's okay when it's not. I just don't believe for a minute that French Hill actually defeated Conrad Reynolds. Nope. Don't believe it. Now, I don't know if you heard, but in the wake of the Tragic murders in Uvalde, Texas. Dementia Joe Biden wants to take your guns. Heard about that? We got to talk a little bit about what happened in Uvalde, Texas, and we got to talk about uh, what Biden's trying to do. That's uh, that's coming up here in a minute. 
Yeah, we still got a lot to talk about on the Doc Washman Show today. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton... Make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt of the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. Do you have migraines? Neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes... You probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system, and yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Crabtree. Thank you very much, Justin Menton. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all more than you know. Thank you to our advertisers. I want to say thank you again to my buddy uh, Donnie Copeland, who was uh, – one of my two campaign managers for my gubernatorial campaign and also filled in for me for, what, like five weeks, I think? I called Donnie on April 20th, and I said, Donnie, um, I did a podcast at 3 a.m., took a nap, did another one at 11 a.m., and I'm about to die. He said, what do you want me to do? I'll, I'll do anything you need. 
I said, well, you remember when I had the China virus and you filled in for me for a while? I said, yeah, 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 I'll fill in for you. Not a problem. So God bless him for that. Because when you have five podcasts a week that you have committed to your advertisers to get done and you got to run for governor and you might have two, three, four, five, even six events per day, you don't have time to do the podcast. You can't just, you know, bail on your commitment to your advertisers. So I'll forever be grateful to Donnie Copeland. But he said something out there on Twitter that I I, got to share with you. And again, this is about the, um, this is about the, the murders in Uvalde, Texas. There's a guy named Andrew Wortman on Twitter who said, if I lost a child in a mass shooting and Donald Trump dared to speak their name at an obscenity-deleted NRA convention, there isn't a force in the universe strong enough to protect him from my wrath what an absolutely incomprehensibly disgusting excuse for a human he is. And then somebody named Diana responded, I feel the same. A child is worth more than all the guns on earth. Somebody who goes by Asante said, agreed. I trade every gun to save one child. My buddy Aaron Walker said, okay, then put a sign outside your house. that says this house is gun free. Show us you don't need a gun to keep your family safe. But Donnie Copeland went one further to the guy who said, agreed, I'd trade every gun to save one child. He said, what would you trade for the 2,376 children who will have their heads crushed, limbs pulled apart, or burned alive with saline installation tomorrow? Talk about abortion. So, see, this is why we can't take the liberal gun grabbers seriously about being concerned about the lives of children because they're all in favor of abortion. Got it? So, what happened? What happened at Uvalde? Where well, we're told that the um, that the police hemmed and hawed in the uh, in the hallway outside the uh, classroom for seventy eight minutes, and the guy who made the decision not to go in. The police chief of the school district said, well, we could have got shot. Right? And uh, we're told that they had recently been part of training about active shooter situations 
that you engage the active shooter, period. And if you get shot, you get shot. Right? And we're told they ignore their training. Even as children inside the classroom were calling 911, begging and pleading for their lives. And we're told that this police chief of the school district, not of the city of Uvalde, but of the school district. See, school district has a police chief. A lot of good that did. Who made the decision was recently elected to the city council of Uvalde, Texas, and we're told that he also is a supporter of Beto O'Rourke and had actually contributed to Beto, the guy who wants to uh, take our guns away. Former Congressman Robert Francis O'Rourke, who calls himself Beto, who ran for uh, Senate against Ted Cruz and lost, is now running for governor of Texas, and will lose that too. So, who will be held legally accountable? Well, I, uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here. But my job is not to spare you from inconvenient truths. Right or wrong, the United States Supreme Court has ruled on several occasions that law enforcement has no legal duty No legal duty to protect innocent citizens from uh, from violent perpetrators. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But knowing that, do the people... Do the people listening to the sound of my voice today who do not yet own a gun, does that give you incentive to buy one? Just asking. Oh, by the way, going back to the the whole thing about the um, questions about election integrity, Tuesday, May 24th, Republican primary. One of my commenters here says the swing county for Senator Charles Beckham's race was at 0% reporting for most of Tuesday evening. Come to find out there was a problem with one of the early voting machines and they had to contact the company in Nebraska to get the votes off of it. It happened to be just enough votes to give Beckham's opponent the lead. Why am I not surprised? And anyway, if knowing that the police, according to the U.S. Supreme Court, have no legal duty 
to protect you. And you don't want to protect yourself, then bless your heart. You want to protect your, your family, then bless your heart. I hope you never have to. Because if the bad guy's got a gun and you don't, it's uh, probably not going to go well for you. If the bad guy's got a knife and you don't have a gun, uh, unless you're some kind of martial arts superhero, it's probably not going to go well for you. I'm saying, Holmes. So, let me uh, let me see what um, Dementia Joe is saying. Now, I will never, ever, I will never call him president because they stole it. You know it. I know it. Let's see what Dementia Joe is saying today. See if we can get this. And they showed me an x-ray. He said a 22 caliber bullet will lodge in the lung. And we can probably get it out. We may be able to get it and save the life. A 9mm bullet blows the lung out of the body. So the idea of these high caliber weapons is of simply no rational basis for it in terms of about self-protection, hunting. I mean, I guess, remember, the Constitution, the Second Amendment, was never absolute. So um, I'm told by firearms experts that uh, AR-15s don't use 9mm ammo. That's, uh, That's pistols. So he would like to come after your guns. And he repeats the lie over and over and over and over again. That when our Constitution was passed, when the Second Amendment was written into law, you couldn't own, say, for instance, cannons. He's been fact-checked. He's been debunked over and over and over again. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. By the way, you know, it is Memorial Day. Jerry Dunleavy over the D.C. Examiner has a thread here on Twitter of the 13 American service members killed by an ISIS-K suicide bomber August 26, 2021 as they manned the gates at Kabul airport after Afghanistan fell to the Taliban. They were put in an impossible situation by U.S. leaders, but did their duty honorably and died as heroes. And I just want to pay tribute to them. Marine Corps Lance Corporal David L. Espinoza, 
Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole L.G. Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Darren T. Hoover. Army Staff Sergeant Ryan C. Naus. Marine Corps Corporal Hunter Lopez. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Riley J. McCollum. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Dylan R. Dylan R. Marola. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Kareem M. Nicole. Marine Corps Sergeant Joanie Rosario Pichardo. Marine Corps Corporal Umberto A. Sanchez. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Jared M. Schmitz, Navy Hospital Corpsman Maxton W. Soviak, Marine Corps Corporal Dagan W. Page, their blood is on the hands of Dementia Joe, who maximized maximized the situation in Afghanistan August of last year to make sure there was maximum bloodshed of Americans and those in Afghanistan who helped us. And 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 let's not forget let's not forget people who were not American citizens but were legal residents of the United States of America who had green cards who were helping us out over there. There's no telling how many people over there died because of Dementia Joe. So, I don't know if you heard about this Last night, Fox News pundits Arthel Neville and Judy Miller took to the airways to trash Republicans and call for gun control. Judy Miller referred to Republicans as a party of egregious mass shootings and uncontrolled guns. While discussing the Uvalde shooting, Arthel Neville asked Judy Miller if she thought this time would be different and the gun control legislation would be enacted. Judy Miller said this time may be different, but noted that the U.S. Senate is going into recess next week. So, quote, the furor and the anger that people feel over this latest slaughter is likely likely to diminish, unquote. She then asserted that many deaths, quote, could be prevented with sensible gun legislation, unquote. And y'all wonder why so many people don't watch Fox News anymore. You'll wonder. Oh, speaking of Fox News, speaking of Fox News, Congressman Mo Brooks, Alabama, was on with uh, Sandra Smith, Fox News Sunday yesterday morning. Y'all hear about this? Now, remember, this is the same Sandra Smith that the Saturday after 
the November election 2020 was upset when somebody said that just because Fox News had called it for Biden didn't mean that he had been elected. She was upset, all in on the steal. Mo Brooks brings up the uh, movie 2000 Mules, which proved the election was stolen. See how Sanders Smith dealt with that. If we can. Voter fraud at nursing homes in the state of Wisconsin. Look at the 2000 Mules documentary that has come out. Look at how many mass mail out of ballots there were across okay. the United States for which we have no security. Okay, um, and, and that has been looked at and fact-checked by multiple outlets, including Reuters, who have debunked that as any sort of proof that there was widespread border fraud. I'm sorry, but other January, people have fact-checked January, it and find you absolutely wrong, Sandra. But keep going 6th. with that story if you wish. She lies. She lies for a living. And is a regular host of a show on Fox News. Nothing about 2,000 Mules has been debunked. But again, she's all in. She's all in for the steal. And you wonder why. You wonder why people stop watching Fox News. Well, there you have it. There you have it. I mean, you got this guy. It's uh, Sean Hannity. You remember Sean, right? The guy who always used to say, I'm not a Republican, I'm a conservative. Right? You remember that? He's been having this Dr. Oz guy on now for months, insisting he's a conservative. Oh, he needs to be our next senator from. Uh, Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz, who's on record as being pro-abortion, pro-transgender surgery, anti-Second Amendment. I mean, how much would Dr. Oz have to pay Sean Hannity to lie and say he's a conservative? You know? I don't know. Fox News is definitely proud of uh, Sean Hannity, that's for sure. Now, I want to mention something to you. Mike Davis, former chief counsel for nominations, U.S. Senate Committee on the Judiciary and Law Clerk for Justice Gorsuch, he responded to a little news item here from uh, Charlie Spiring over Breitbart. Speaking to reporters, Joe Biden pushes gun control on Memorial Day. Biden's quote, the Constitution, the Second Amendment, was never absolute. Mike Davis says, the same Democrat politicians who pretend somehow there's a federal constitutional right to kill your unborn child, a right found nowhere in the Constitution, demand to take away our God-given right to keep and bear arms, a right guaranteed by the Second Amendment. Molan LaVey. I used to, I used to think it was pronounced Molan Lay because I, I didn't know any better. I found out, no, it's pronounced, it, that's how it looks phonetically, but it's pronounced Molan LaVey, which means come and take them. Come and take them. 
Now, again, I'm so thankful to everybody who tried to get me Republican nomination for governor. And I can't blame the people who voted for my opponent because the overwhelming majority of them probably never heard of me. I'm sure a whole lot of them had no idea that Sarah endorsed people who stabbed her old boss, Donald Trump, in the back. They just didn't know. We got the word out to as many people as we could. But a lot of people who either worked for the Arkansas state government or used to work for the Arkansas state government came up to me in the three and a half months I was on the campaign trail telling me about extreme corruption in a bunch of different parts of our state government and said, look, if you get this, you're going to want to talk to me because there are a lot of things that need to be cleaned up and prosecuted. That won't happen with the governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. It won't happen. We're talking about corruption not just during Asa Hutchinson's reign, not just during Mike Beebe's reign, but going all the way back at least to Mike Huckabee's reign, and nobody cleaned anything up. And nobody will. As long as you keep electing these establishment rhinos. So we made the case the best we could. We got a lot of support from people who actually heard of us. But I intend to continue to highlight the corruption, which we have absolutely no reason whatsoever to think is going to change just because they put a different name on the door of the governor's office in the state capitol. No change. No change. And that's why we got such great support from the people who actually heard our message. Um, did y'all hear about this deal with Nancy Pelosi's husband? New York Post, House Speaker... Nancy Pelosi's poor striving husband was involved in a two-vehicle crash in California before his weekend uh, arrest for drunken driving, according to police. 82-year-old Paul Pelosi was attempting to cross in Napa County State Route 29 in a 2021 Porsche Late Saturday, when he was in a collision with a 48-year-old man driving a 2014 Jeep, according to California Highway Patrol. There were no reported injuries 
And the police report does not identify either driver as being at fault, according to CNN. However, the driver of the Jeep was not arrested while Pelosi was busted at 11.44 p.m. and booked into the Napa County Detention Center there in Napa County, California. He was charged with one count of driving under the influence and another for driving with a blood alcohol content level of .08 or higher. Both charges are misdemeanors. Pelosi was released 726 the next morning on $5,000 bail. So, Nancy Pelosi, of course, was in Rhode Island Sunday delivering a commencement address at Brown University. The former venture capitalist has been married to the House Speaker since 1963. The couple have five children together. They split their time between Washington, D.C. and San Francisco, close to where he was arrested, Nancy Pelosi. Of course, out of town. Her spokesperson, Drew Hamill, said the speaker will not be commenting on this private matter, which occurred while she was on the East Coast. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So, um, we have an old uh, tradition here on the Doc Washburn Show. And it's good to be back. It's good to be back reenacting this old tradition. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, the big old car dealership. Nationwide car dealership that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online the way you want to and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States. Today's tweet of the day, my old buddy Mark Levin commenting on the news report about Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, being arrested for DUI in Napa Valley, California. Mark Levin's response to that, a four-word tweet. Can't really blame him. Uh, see, that's... And so many people responding to the great one, Mark Levin, saying stuff like, if I was married to her, I'd be drunk all the time. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Wow. Wow. So much. So much to talk about. Oh, I, I didn't know if you'd heard about this. Virginia parents protest policy changes that expand discipline for students who misgender or dead name other students. I'll tell you what that means in a minute. Last week, parents of students from Luther Jackson Middle School in Fairfax, Virginia, protested a proposed policy change that would expand penalties for 4th through 6th graders 
for misgendering or deadnaming people. Under the proposed change, addressing a boy as he, even though he calls himself a girl, or calling transgender or gender expansive people by a name other than their, their new chosen name will require disciplinary action. You know, it's the same thing in Arkansas. Back in 2011, when Democrats were still supermajority of both houses of the state legislature, they passed a, a, a law, and Mike Beebe signed it into law. And it's in a lot of the uh, student handbooks, middle schools and high schools of Arkansas. You're a bully, not just for discriminating against your fellow classmates because of race, ethnicity, religion, but also gender identity. So if Stephanie decides she's Bill or Steve decides he's Deborah and you don't you're not okay with that, then then you're a bully. State law. That was one of the state laws I was going to try to get overturned. But not now. Sarah won't touch it. I guarantee you Sarah won't touch it. Why? Because Walmart, Tyson, and the Arkansas Chamber of Commerce agree with it. By the way, you know that uh, SAFE Act, Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act that uh, Aza Hutchinson vetoed and almost all the Republicans in the state legislature voted to override his veto? Do you know why that law has not gone into effect? Because there's a lawsuit. It's tied up in the courts. You know who sued? The Arkansas Chamber of Commerce sued to prevent a law protecting children from that child abuse. Sarah's got a problem with that? No. If she did, I gave her ample opportunity to talk about it. She would not criticize Asa Hutchinson, would not criticize Arkansas Chamber of Commerce, Walmart, Tyson, you know, for employer vaccine mandates, none of that, none of that. So anyway, I can't blame people who didn't know. We got our message out to as many people as we possibly could. We used all the money that came in to try to get the word out. Um, Scott Gray performed a Herculean feat trying to do that. So we'll see what happens for the next four years. Anyway, thank you so much for still being with us. You've been listening to Episode 162 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier X. Well, that's the way it is. Monday, May 30th, 2022.